Genesis 25, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 20. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel the Syrian of Padanaram. Verse 21, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And he called his name Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And then in chapter number 27, verse number 1, It came to pass, when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so they could not see, he called Esau his eldest son, said unto him, My son, he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old, I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow. Go out to the field and take me some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord, before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Go now to the flocks and fetch me from thence two kids of goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth, and thou shalt 
bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man. I am a smooth man. My father, peradventure, will feel me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me, and not a blessing. His mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice, and go fetch them. And he went and fetched, and brought them to his mother, and his mother made savory meat, such as his father loved. Rebekah took a goodly raiment of her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob her son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and the bread, which she had prepared, into the hand of her son Jacob. He came to his father and said, My father, he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I've done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat my venison, that thy soul may bless me. Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord my God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he fell to him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And he said, I am. And he said, Bring it near to me, that I will eat of the son, my son's venison, that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him, and he did eat, and he brought him wine, and he drank. And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near and kiss me, my son. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment, and blessed him. Now, look down in verse 30. And it came to pass, as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, Jacob was scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. And he also made savory meat and brought it to his father and said unto his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac, his father, said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, thy firstborn Esau. And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten all before thou camest, and have blessed him, yea, and he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with a great and exceeding bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, my father. He said, Thy brother came with subtility, and hath taken away thy blessing. He said, Is not he rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times, he took away my birthright, and now, behold, now he hath taken away my blessing. And he said, Hast thou not reserved a blessing for me? Verse 41, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father at the hand, then will I slay my brother Jacob. And then on over into chapter number 32. We're moving some 21 years later. Uh, Jacob's mama tells him Esau's going to kill him, so he flees. He goes to Mesopotamia, some 500 miles away, meets with his uncle Laban, who's 
all uh, almost identical to him. And, uh, of course, he ends up marrying Laban's daughters and ends up stealing Laban's sheep or his cattle. And then he has to flee from Laban and run back 21 years later. And we pick up with him now heading back. And he gets word that the guy that had said he was going to kill him the last time he saw him is coming out to meet him. It's, uh, it's a showdown at high noon. Verse 9, and Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, the God of my father Isaac, the Lord that which said unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and all the truth which I was showed unto thy servant. But with my staff I passed over this Jordan now and become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. Verse 24, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou blessed me. I have read those verses in your hearing tonight because I want to deal with Jacob's story. This morning we looked at what we called Jacob's squeeze and how he seemed to have a chokehold on everything from his own brother's heel until wrestling with that angel in this text we've read in your hearing lastly tonight. But it would seem to me that When it's all said and done, Jacob hadn't wrestled with anybody outside of God. Uh, He's always been wrestling with God. He just thinks he's been wrestling with Esau. He just thinks he's been wrestling with his daddy. He just thinks he's been wrestling with his uncle. But really, all said and done, his wrestling wrestling matches have been with God all along. And can I say to you tonight, if you're struggling and you're wrestling, you just think you're wrestling with others. You just think you're wrestling with circumstances and situations. What you're wrestling with is God. The truth of the matter is, is He wants you to turn Him loose. Not only everybody else, turn Him loose and find out that He has in full intention of blessing you, and the only thing that's holding back the blessing is you won't let Him bless you. You've got Him choked down in your life. And if you'll just quit the wrestling, uh, then He'll do the blessing. But here tonight, I want us to notice... uh, the story of Jacob, or Jacob's story. I want to see if you've got any Jacobism in you. And somebody said, well, what is Jacobism? The doctrine of Jacob is the desire to be blessed at whatever cost and at everybody else's expense. Uh, we notice the spiritual side. Yes, there is a spiritual side of desiring to be blessed, but there's also a carnal side. Sometimes that's hard to understand. Uh, we think that it's all spiritual if you preach. Everything's, but I'm going to tell you, they, they can get some carnality in preaching. You say, how do you know? Because I'm one. And I know about it. I would say, well, we're just singing for the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. They can, they can be some carnality in singing. <laughs> well, I don't know why they didn't ask me to sing tonight. They always call on her. She's sung three times this month, and I've only sung twice. And only got to sing one song that time. You understand what I'm saying? Well, well, but I'm singing for the Lord. I'm singing for the Lord. 
Uh, they can be some carnality even in the spiritual areas of our lives if, if, we're, if, we're, if we're seeking and pursuing uh, a blessing at the expense of others. Now, let's look at, uh, for a few moments again, what I call Jacob's story. In these verses, we see the evident cause and course of his life that has brought him to the misery of which uh, he has experienced. But there are three things that I want to say to you about the story of Jacob, or Jacob's story. First of all, I would point out to you that Jacob's story is one of dual personalities. The word dual means plural or specifically meaning two. His story is one of dual personalities. Now, there is a reason for that. Jacob, uh, on the day that he is born, someone else is is also born. And the other guy that was born was born before him. And of course, that is the guy by the name of Esau. He's the other guy. Now, I tell you right up front, Jacob's life would be nothing like it was in Scripture had there never been the other guy. If there hadn't been an Esau. But also I want to tell you that Esau was as divinely ordained of God as Jacob himself was. Now we all want to look at Jacob's birth as as a God-given birth and Esau's birth as is of the devil, but that's not true. The same God that had Jacob born into this world had the other guy born into this world. But when he had the other guy born into this world, it brought dual personalities. Now, there's not just Jacob and there's not just Esau, but there's Jacob and Esau. There's two. There's two. And of course, any time that you've got two who are both wanting their own way, you've got competition and you've got contention and you've got contrast. In other words, there's trouble on the horizon. But I want you to notice how God brought forth an Esau And a Jacob at the same time, he brought forth two because he wanted Jacob to see Esau. And in seeing Esau, he's going to know that he's not the only one in this world. (laughs) Would it surprise you to know that God doesn't want you to feel like you're the big cheese? God doesn't want you to feel like you've got all the answers. God doesn't want you to feel like you can do it all and know it all and have it all. But the only way He can do that is bring you an Esau into your life. Somebody you can't get away from and around. Somebody who is always constant. The two. The the other guy. The one that you have to look at that is so, so close that you can't get away from him. And he reminds you of things that you don't like to be reminded of. 
I noticed two times in these texts that I've read in your hearing that out of Esau's mouth himself, he says, Esau, your firstborn. <laughs> wonder how many times he's told Jacob that. Because <laughs> that's the thing that Jacob's been after all the time. That's the main passion of Jacob. He wants that birthright. He wants that firstborn. That's why he tried to pull him back. That's why he had his hand on his heel. Why do you think he's... Selling him a bowl of soup. Why did he lie to the daddy? He wanted the birthright. It's eating away on him on the inside. And all he's got to do is watch old Esau come out of the bedroom and look at him and go, I'm number one. I'm number one. And you have to understand the custom of that day in that day, it was very important. Now, nowadays, it's not so much that way. But in that day, always the firstborn got the bulk of the inheritance and all the other children got gifts. They just got a little token that they belonged to this man. But the number one got it all. Jacob is aware of that and he, he wants it all, even in a spiritual sense. He, he understands that this involves a, a, a spiritual blessing from God that Esau, he can look at him and tell that he disdains it and really don't care for it and it makes him mad that, that he's got it but yet don't want it. And Esau's always up in his face said, No, I am number one, buddy. Has God ever given you an Esau? The person on the job makes you feel like afterbirth. You ain't no good. You don't know what you're doing. And I'll tell you right now, I'm the boss. I'm the guy running this piece of machinery, and you're going to like it and get back there and shut up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. They're the ones that's out in front of you. They're the ones that's standing between you and what you know you want and you know you can never have it unless they're disposed of. That Esau is always letting you know you're facing those E. You're seeing the Esau reminding you you're not the only one. There's somebody else and possibly they're better than you. Ooh. Esau. You know, I done said it this morning, I said it tonight. A lot of times them Esau's can come right up in your family. Did his. They can be close. Matter of fact, they might even be your wife. Or your husband. Wives, haven't them, haven't has that husband ever been your Esau? You gotta look at that brute all the time. And he thinks he's got God-given authority. <laughs> and he quotes all the verses. But he don't have sense enough to carry it out. You know that. <laughs> he don't know what he's doing. Why did God give him that authority? You're Esau. It's hindering you from reaching where you need to go. Sometimes it may be your youngin. That old cantankerous youngin. Youngins, sometimes it could be mom and dad. <laughs> Your Esau that you can't get away from that tells you there's two. But not only looking at Esau could he see that there's two. There's another guy in this picture. There's somebody else. You ain't the only one. 
but it tells him the truth. The truth is, he's not the firstborn. As much as he doesn't like that, biologically, it is the truth. Jacob, son, sit down. Let me tell you something. I can't help it that I was born first. I just happened to be born first. God had something to do with that. And you're too. So get used to it, okay? You see, God has to give you an Esau. Because your friends won't tell you the truth. Huh? Oh, that buddy-buddy of yours, he ain't going to tell you the truth. Oh, you're the finest fellow in the world. Oh, you good, you good. Oh, yeah, you can do it. I believe you're better than all the rest of them. You're just good. You're good. But God will give you an Esau that will hang around real close. He won't lie to you. You ain't no good. Truth of the matter is, you're lucky to be number two. If there'd been another child, you'd have been three. (laughs) What, do you think you can run this thing? You think you can take the blessing and run with it if Daddy gave it to you? That's why you wasn't born first. They knew you were God, knew you wouldn't have sense enough to do it. Jacob, trickster, you ain't even a good Christian. Can I tell you, a little Esau, a little bit of Esau never hurt anybody. Because the truth of the matter is, you need to know the truth. And I need to know the truth. And I need to have those other people in my life that my, my life that doesn't mind looking at me saying, Hey, buddy, here's the way it is. Right across the place, waist high. If you miss it, I don't see how you can. Did I ask you, you ain't got any, you haven't run into any Esau's lately? Get none down at the job, maybe one or two in the home, or maybe one of your neighbors. Two. I say to you that God has an Esau to remind Jacob he ain't the only one. There's that other guy. Dual personality. Have you noticed in Scripture that the Lord seems to do that quite often? Where there's a Cain, there's an Abel. Where there's a David, there's a Saul. Where there's an Elijah, there's a Jezebel. Where there is a Paul, there is a Demas. God creating an Esau for you. (laughs) Now, second thing I want to point out to you. Jacob's story is one of dual personalities. Wouldn't it have been a blessing if he'd have just been born and nobody else? If it had been just Jacob. Man, he could have had his way. He could have been the firstborn and everything else with it. But it wasn't that way. But the second thing I want you to notice is that Jacob's story is one of a degrading personality. Esau... He has to look at constantly. But can I, can I tell you that the reason why God wants him to look at Esau constantly is because in seeing Esau, Esau is causing him to see himself. Well, the truth of the matter is that Esau's not the problem. Jacob's the problem. 
But he'll never know he's the problem unless Esau comes along and God can show him his heart through an Esau. If Jacob had been the only son born, the talk in the community would have been, boy, ain't he a wonderful son, that only boy of Isaac? and uh, uh, He's just sweet and kind. Never ever heard him cuss nor tell a lie. Always obeyed his father. Yeah! Why? Because he never faced an Esau. There was hell in that heart, but it took an Esau to bring it out. God creating an Esau, not only so you can see the Esau that's out there, but the Jacob that is in here and find out how rotten Jacob is. Esau, bring the devil out of you. And don't sit around and look surprised. You've got something in you. Somebody said, I just wish the Lord could make me good. He's got to make you bad first. He can't just cover you up with a film of goodness where you can go around and have this halo and make everybody think you're so pious when truthfully there's some hell inside there, but he's got to send some, uh, he's got to send some Esau by to let it be seen. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. I'll give you two or three thoughts. I am a wonderful Christian. Where'd that come from? Somebody knows me. <laughs> My wife will vouch for this. I am a tremendous husband. Don't look back there. I am a superb father. I am glorious on all of just a great preacher. I'm telling you the truth. As long as I can have things my way. But honey, as soon as Esau shows up and tells me I can't have it my way, there's some things that start stirring in here that I didn't know was there. Starts coming up from the bottom. And I'd have never known that I could act like that and say things like that and lie like that and cheat like that until Esau showed me I could. Somebody said, oh, poor old Jacob. Esau made him mean. No, he didn't. Esau just showed him he was mean. <laughs> Woo! Used to have an old pickup, Ford pickup. The thing run as smooth as silk until one day I got off on one of them old mountain gravel roads, bumpy roads. Boop, 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 boop. I didn't make it a mile. I later found out it was those sediments in the bottom of that gas tank where it had sat for a while that started breaking loose. It sucked it into that carburetor and started spitting and coughing and choking and quit. Had to pull it all the way back to the house, take the carburetor off from it, and, and clean it all out and everything like that. And then it runs smooth again. I'm here to tell you, I wouldn't have minded to start a trip from here to California. 
as long as it was smooth roads. But honey, if I ever hit a bump, I was in trouble. She's going to shut down on me. <laughs> sort of reminds me of some other folks. Honey, as long as you got the pay raise and the boss is being good and you're getting your way on the job, getting all the promotions and the wife's listening to you and thinks you're wonderful and the debts are paid and you ain't, I tell you, everybody's feeling good and healthy and all that other stuff. I, you're the best Christian in the world. But let the devil show up a day or two or an Esau come into your life and you go down quick. There's a whole lot of muddy water in there, and God knows it has to be brought out. And it has to be dealt with. And He knows how to bring it out. You see, the degrading personality. He's not only seeing Esau, he's seeing himself. And it ain't looking too good. You see, that other guy, if you're not careful, will cause you to lose your serenity. Esau's around, you won't have no peace at all. You so he got you so upset you on edge and tighter than a banjo string. Oh Esau. Anybody mentions his name, you just I won't say nothing about him, but I know some things. <laughs> if you're not careful, the other guy, I'm talking about this degrading personality, this Esau will cause you to lose your about it. He goes and kills this animal and puts this fur on him and even puts on his brother's clothes so he'll smell like him and goes right in before his father and tells a bald-faced lie. I want to ask you something. How many of us like to do a business deal with Jacob? Want to sign a contract with Jacob? Uh, not me, brother. <laughs> he loses his serenity. He loses his integrity. He won't even give his poor old brother a bowl of soup free. And what kind of guy is that? He'd have given it to somebody else. If he'd have been a stranger coming along, I'm sure he'd have given you a bowl of soup. But his own brother and his own family, he wouldn't even give a bowl of soup. Now, I think Esau was stretching it when he said, I might not dead. But he was hungry, obviously. He ought to, if he'd had any integrity about him all, he said, Ah, oh, brother, no, I ain't going to, you can have a bowl of soup. Matter of fact, get you two bowls if you want them. But no, he saw a chance to take advantage to get a blessing. <laughs> so you'd like to have a bowl of soup, huh? How much are you willing to pay? What, what would you give? I reckon one of the bowl of soups are running right now. And boy, we saw he ain't got a clue. He said, well, I don't know. What do you want? He said, how about your birthright? <laughs> no, I know that ain't good on Esau's part. I know he shouldn't have, but we know who Esau is. But poor old Jacob's supposed to be headed somewhere. He's claiming to be spiritual. He wants the blessing. Lord, he ain't got enough character to... 
Him and Esau's bringing that out of him. Won't they? Huh? He even, he's degraded in his personality. He not only loses his serenity and his integrity, he loses his identity. For a while there, now you don't even have a Jacob, you got two Esau's. <laughs> the guy he hates the most, he begins smelling like him, walking like him, talking like him, and looking like him. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you something. You, 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 you ponder on this. The person you dislike the most, you're probably most alike. Huh? All you're doing is looking in a mirror. You smell like Esau. Well, shame on you. Well, you feel like Esau. Shame on you! You done lost your identity. Trying to get what's this old world, what old Esau, you think he's God? You've lost your identity! There's a lot of Baptist churches like that in this hour. They lost their identity because they want something the world is promoting. They want to be big and gigantic and humongous. And they stink like the world. They smell like the world. Everything else about they lost their identity. Degrading personalities. Esau's bringing the worst out of Jacob. (laughs) You say, that ain't good. Yes, it is good. It's got to be seen. And God has to show you that you're not as pious and holy and righteous as what you think you are. Yeah, so I don't cuss no more. When's the last time you slammed the door? That's door cussing. Huh? Somebody said, well, I wouldn't cuss, but if you'd write it down, I'd sign it. And I ain't just preaching to you. Son, I've been in this thing for... I've been in this thing 38 years preaching most of it, and I'm still amazed when Esau shows up and how much devil I've got in me. Right. I said, I thought I was over that. Lord, I can't believe I thought that. I can't believe I, I, can't believe I did that. Better to deal with it in this world, the world to come. The Lord knows He's got to deal with those sentiments on the bottom. Jacob is one, his story is one of dual personalities. He's got to look at Esau all the time. It's one of a degrading personality. Now he's got to look at himself. Can I say to you, lastly, Jacob's story is one of a divine personality. The truth of the matter is, if God doesn't show up, there ain't no hope. For Jacob or Esau. Not in the mess they're in. <laughs> if God doesn't show up, there's no hope for either one of them jaybirds. But here's the truth of the matter. I'm glad that God shows up amidst our Esau's. I'm glad He don't just leave us with Esau and leave us with ourselves. But I'm glad He's got a purpose in mind. The reason why he's got an Esau for you to look at is so Esau will cause you to turn around and look at yourself and then you and Esau in that mess will drive you to looking to God. (laughs) 
He's trying to get you beyond seeing Esau, beyond seeing yourself, and seeing God. He says in this chapter, I have seen who? God face to face. But the only way you're going to ever see God is you're going to have to be driven in that direction. And so he brought an Esau along to get into your life to drive you to God. I'm going to tell you, if there's anything we ought to be thankful for, we ought to fall upon our faces and say, God Almighty, thank you for every Esau you put in my life. Because if he hadn't been put there, somehow I'd have thought I was all right and I wouldn't have needed you. But I saw how desperate I was. And on this night, he's crying out to God. He's been driven by Esau, as I read in verse 9, verse 11. He's been driven by Esau to God. Here's how that thing works in my life and uh, probably in your life. God has a focus. He hasn't given up on Jacob. He knows what he's doing. It was no mistake that he let him be born second. So Esau could go around the house, even when he's a kid, saying, I'm number one. And Jacob just wanted us. By divine design, he created Esau first. To let Jacob see himself and be so sick of all the mess he's caused and to turn and drive him to God on this night. Divine personalities. Now, I say that because Jacob has, if I've counted them right, four appearances from God meshed in with his turmoils and struggles with Esau and Laban and all that. Four appearances of God. You'll find them in the Word of God. He, he meets with the Lord or the Lord shows up. Uh, to him as he's leaving, going to Mesopotamia. And uh, Jacob sees the Lord and he, he titles that place. He calls it Bethel. He said, I'm in the house of God. He's out there laying on a big old rock and God showed up. Just after him and Esau had a big confrontation. And God showed up and he said, the Lord's been in this place. It's the house of God. What a visitation. <laughs> And then God shows up. He encounters God at a place called Padanaram. And he said, he, he called it the promises of God. This is a place of the promises of God. Then he encounters him again at Mahanaim. And he calls it the hosts of God. That's what the word means. And then he encounters him here on this night of our bread. And, and it's called Peniel. And he calls it Peniel because Peniel means the face of God. I've seen the face of God. I don't know about you, but boy, I'm going to tell you, if the Lord didn't show up in my life every now and then, I'd really be in the fix. I'm glad it ain't all Esau's and Laban's and all that other mess. But isn't it amazing how, after your big struggle and fight and foolishness, that God will even come by your way? <laughs> Just right after you've got a big picture of Esau and a big picture of yourself, God will come along. And he'll visit with you. You'll say, son, ain't you getting tired of all this? Quit 
You're not finished, are you? You're not, I can look in your eyes and tell you you're not finished. But I've come by to talk to you a while and tell you everything's okay. And then God would leave. Then guess who would show up? Esau. Or Laban. And Jacob's in a big old wheel of a deal fight again. And then God will come back in. Say, buddy, how'd you do in that fight? You got a few bruises. You ain't learning, are you? You haven't learned anything, have you? I'll talk to you later. And he'll leave. And then here comes another Esau experience. <laughs> See, what God will do is he'll send you an Esau to work on who you are, and then he'll show up. And if it's been like in my experiences, I usually get five Esau's between visits from God. Now, you that way? <laughs> See, I'm not going to listen to him until Esau's got done with me. I'm not going to feel the desperate need of God until Esau has come into my life and shown me who I really am and caused so much misery to cause me to look into the... I wouldn't be concerned about the face of God if Esau hadn't driven me there. God will come. Then he'll stir up one of your youngins. Be the office fight and fuss and carrying on. Say, I haven't got there yet. Well, I hope that ain't one of the avenues he chooses on you. He did me. Huh? And then he'll come back and comfort your heart. Boy, you'll just get a great blessing in the service on Sunday morning, Sunday night. You go home and you say, boy, I just think I'm on top now. And then all of a sudden, Monday morning comes. Here comes Esau walking in real bold. He hadn't been in that service. He don't know nothing about the Spirit of God. Amen. You just want to haul off and slap him. Here you go. You probably do. <laughs> and that's over with, boy. You just rock bottom, and here comes God. Son, having it rough, ain't you? I just come by to tell you I love you. Everything's going to be all right now. I wish you'd quit fighting, but I know you ain't. You got some fight in you. You'll have to fight another couple of battles, but I'll be back by. The Lord leave here comes Esau again. Has that been your, has that been your experience? <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you what. God will come by and visit me. He'll get in one of my sermons and that thing will preach. You preach a fight of it! I'll leave thinking I'm better than Billy Graham. Ooh, what a preacher they got this week. Boy, it don't take long for the Lord to send an old Esau by and knock that out of you. Huh? Sort of let you know who you really are. Have you ever cried out to God and said, Oh, God, I never realized what I was on the inside. I didn't know I could hate. I didn't know I could have bitterness. I didn't know I could be filled with pride. I didn't know all of that. Until you and your blessing sent Esau by. And through that Esau, I was able to see what you were doing in my life. Bringing me to yourself. Did I tell you that everybody needs 
and Esau. Because you'll never get to God without Him. If you ever get to seeing this thing right, we'll get to it before the week's up. You might be able to walk on the job and look over there across and see your Esau and look up and say, Thank you, Lord, for him. Thank you for where you drove me. Esau's taking us to God. 